if it's like this assignment is hard, there is no, it's an assignment. That's what the lecturer expects. Go and work on it. So if I'm going to help you, guide you step by step, and you pay me for this extra tutelage and assistance, that's what teachers do. That's what, they, that's what was expected of the students. So you being there to help is not a problem. Okay, do it this way. Let's do this one. Let's get this material. Okay, this was supposed to do. And you are helping the person and you are holding his hands as he's going through it. He's learning the process. That's a fair thing. That's, you should do that. In fact, you should have a class where you help people with that and they pay you to come to that class. That's not wrong. But if you do an assignment, hand it to somebody who just write his name on it and submit, of course it is not right. Wow. Absolutely, it is not right. It can't be right. Hello everyone, this is Kingdom World Radio and the program right now is Ask Pastor Banky. If it's your first time joining us, you're welcome. And as Pastor Banky, we ask pastor several questions, questions that range from our spiritual lives to doctrinal issues. And then pastor has several books. So if you've read any of his books and you need clarification, you heard something he said in a sermon and you need clarification as well, then send your questions to ask at pastor.ng. Do send an email to ask at pastor.ng. And of course, you can follow us on all our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the KW Radio. At the KW Radio. My name is Hope. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back. Welcome back. This is Ask Past Banky. And we have Pastor Banky in the house. Now, who is Pastor Banky? He's Dr. Bankolo Lushino, the founder of Kingdom Word Ministries that operates from Enugu, Nigeria. Pastor Banky has thousands of messages, but on the website, pastor.ng, you can get at least 1,500 sermons. And there are several short sermons, several tracts, and at the very least, 25 books there. They're all free to download. So please avail yourself of these resources. Pastor, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Nice to be here again today. Yes, sir. It is great to have you here, sir. Um, so we'll just quickly go to the questions. Um, the first one is, what is the difference between the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit? The Old Testament refers to people being full of the Spirit of God, but the New Testament talks about the Holy Spirit. Are they the same or is there some sort of difference? Well, interesting question, but I will answer it like this. Whether you say the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, it's, uh, it has to be taken in context. They can mean the same thing. Do you understand? Okay. And then each one of them has a lot of meanings, diverse uses. Sometimes that's what causes confusion. Sometimes when people say that the Holy Spirit is a person or is a force. So that's what causes confusion sometimes. People will say things like, uh, is the Holy Spirit a person or a force? I said, see, it depends on the context. If you hear things like um, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's obviously it's talking about a person. Mm -hmm. A force who don't have a name in that particular context, okay? But when you hear uh, some other uses, like now, there's one that people often misunderstand when they say as many as led as are led by the Spirit of God, you know, they are the sons of God. 
Now, if you read that one in context properly, in that Romans chapter 8, you see what he was saying is that as many as have been propelled, pushed, motivated by the life of God, the spirit of Christ that is in them, that's not a person. Do you get my point? Many people say that means you have to learn to hear when the Holy Spirit is talking to you. That's not what John Paul was saying. A spirit, the word spirit is used in a lot of diverse methods. For example, whatever is pushing you is called a spirit. The breath in your nostrils is called a spirit. The life force inside you that makes you a living person is called a spirit. He said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Bollinger would tell you that the, the correct rendering should be where the spirit that is the Lord is, there is liberty. Even the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, is referred to sometimes as a spirit. Why I said the second man, you know, the first man was a living soul. The second man is now what? A life-giving spirit. So you have to understand that the word spirit is used in such a wide you know, array of contexts. When the Bible says that as a body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works dead. That one was, the word there is the same pneuma, which means the body that doesn't have breath. We weren't talking about the spirit as you know it. So let's get it in context. So to say, is the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God the same thing? It's a bit of an ambiguous question because it depends on the context. Okay. They can mean the same thing. They can be used interchangeably. It depends on the context in which it is being used. So that's the answer I will give to that. Depends on the context. But yes, they can mean the same thing, can be used interchangeably. Okay. You know, I, the New Testament, the Spirit of God almost always... Um, was I don't was um, came upon people by laying on of hands, mm-hmm. but in the Old Testament, it's not wasn't necessarily like that. Um, well, it happened both like now this uh, the spirit came upon um, Joshua because um, Moses laid his hands upon him. Okay, do you understand? When this, the, the, you hear that the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha, mm. you will know the transition process in which, if you see me, if I'm as I'm going, yes, there was no sudden laying on of hands at that particular point in time, but definitely there was a lot of interaction over the years, and then by the sovereignty of God, he transferred that spirit when Elijah left in that whirlwind because he saw him go up and he picked up his mantle afterwards, so. In both cases, the spirit was transmitted in similar ways, actually. What is really different between the Old Testament and the New Testament is a caliber and the category of people that will receive that spirit. Under the Old New Testament, everybody can receive that spirit. Under the Old Testament, only a few select ones were able to receive it. But then the Holy Spirit did come upon people, both in the Old and in the New Testament. Yes, the word Spirit of God is what was used mostly if you use the what we call the Old Testament, I call the law and the prophets. The Bible calls it that anyway. But in the New Testament, you you hear more, both of them are used. You hear Holy Spirit, you hear um, the Spirit of God. Like I said, they can be used interchangeably depending on the context. But in both circumstances, it came upon people, but more people can receive according to the prophecy of Joel in chapter 2. In the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. So, now more of us walk by that Holy Spirit, be empowered by that Holy Spirit. But before then, few people did under certain circumstances. Or sp- uh, those who occupied special offices. Okay. Um, in the New Testament, there were instances where there seemed to be a, apart from the, the initial receiving of the Spirit, yes. there was like a fresh feeling of the Spirit. Oh, oh, okay. See, these are the things I'm saying. Now, when you talk about the Holy Spirit as a person or as a force, 
That's where the issue now comes up. Now, the anoint, let's use the word anointing instead of saying the force. The anointing of God, yet yeah, of God, the Holy Spirit as, as the anointing or the, as the hand of God. Indeed, it comes in measures. It can be exhausted. Okay. It can be withdrawn. It can be reinstated. It can be increased. That shows you are not dealing with a person now. You are dealing with a substance. You are dealing with a spiritual force. You are dealing with an entity that is, you know, you can't receive a person really in bits. Mm. It's all unknown. But the anointing, which you also call the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of, of God. I don't want to start speaking Greek here, but sometimes the Bible actually will have to will add the definitive article, the, to differentiate. Okay. Yeah, in the Greek, you know. The definitive article is added sometimes to differentiate them. But we can't go into that in details now. But why people can be filled again and again is because it's an anointing. is a measurable substance of the Spirit you are pouring to somebody. Mm. So that's how come you hear they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then again, they were filled again. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit as a person came when Jesus went to heaven and remained and never left. But the anointing upon people can increase. It can win. Especially those can be added to perform a certain function. So when the church went to pray, after the, the you know, of course, the day of Pentecost, they all received the Holy Spirit. And then when they prayed, after they were threatened, the Bible said the place where they were was shaken again. And they, all, they were all filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. It didn't emphasize speaking other tongues now. But they began to speak the word of God with boldness. Yes, he renewed anointing. In fact, my book, um, uh, Receive the Holy Spirit, I discussed this thing inside there. And I would like anybody listening to the try and get it, okay? It should be on our website. You may be hearing this one. It's already been uploaded. But right now, it's only in paper. But whichever way, please try and get the book and read it. Receive the Holy Spirit. I explained all of these things inside there. The job of a believer is to continually drink of that spirit so that he's empowered constantly. Because you can't do anything for God except you have that anointing of God in your life. That's what Paul called, I am what I am by the grace of God. Mm. What I was calling grace, there is the empowerment that God gives me by the infilling of his spirit. That's what he called grace. Okay. When you were explaining earlier, you said that the, that anointing can be increased can be exhausted and a number of other um, terms. Uh, in we find out that many times, uh, well known, we find out that okay, um, in this we have several incidents where anointed men of God yes. have persisted in sin. Okay, and they still seem anointed. They still pray, people get healed, carry out miracles. How do we correct Yeah, that's the thing. You know, the anointing is a, is a is equipment. It's a piece of equipment for function. That spirit of God, that's why it could rest upon, for a short period though, a donkey and a spoke. Okay. Do you understand? Okay. Yes. That's why they could come to Jesus and say, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these miracles in your name? He now said, I never knew you. You were cause of iniquity. So it tells you something. A worker of iniquity can actually receive the fun- ability to function. And he will function under the power of God. That his own personal life is not straight. Let's take an example in the scriptures. A man like uh, Judas. When Jesus sent them out two by two, Judas went among the two by two. 
when he sent out the 70, he went amongst the 70. Mm-hmm. And he did all the good works, the powerful works like everybody else. But his heart, Jesus said he was a devil. Those were the exact words Jesus used to call him. He said, did I not choose you 12, yet one of you is a devil. So that devil person, that's Judas now, could receive the anointing of God upon him and was functioning. Saul, king of Israel, after he had been rejected and he was hunting down David, the anointed of God now, remember that he went to look for David where he was with Samuel. The Spirit of God came upon him and he was prophesying. Yes. So it's possible, therefore, for that's what Jesus said to the people. He said, Listen, you see the Pharisees, they sit in the seat of Moses. That is, they have occupied the teacher's seat, teaching the law. He said, Do as they say, not as they do. So it's possible for somebody to be instructing you what is right in the you know, a right way, but he's not leaving it. It's a matter of discipline and honor for a preacher to be able to speak like Paul that follow me as I follow Christ. But it's a matter of personal discipline. A man can be instructing you in the way of the Lord and he's not walking in that way. So some people think that uh, devil means he's false. Well, his life is false, quite all right. But his anointing may not be false. It's very, very possible. And we find it all over scripture like that. So the spirit that comes upon people to function is difficult to judge. You can see somebody who will prophesy in his name, do miracles in his name, and Jesus will say, I did not know him. And go to a church like um, uh, Corinth. Paul said to them, you, did not, you didn't lag behind in any gift, yet see the moral problems they had. So it is a personal discipline issue for you to measure that the two of them tie in your life. That if you're operating by the anointing upon you, that you also grow in grace so that your life matches with the character of God that you are trying to preach. Mm. But it is possible that somebody who is not doing very well morally is manifesting the anointing of God upon somebody uh, upon his life. It's very, very possible. Wow, well, that will be difficult for the the followers, so to speak. You know, because it's like they are... T- yeah, you know, antithetical. Kind That's of. why we are having this kind of discussion. That's why Jesus said clearly, do as they say, not as they do. Follow the word of God, don't follow people. Mm, yeah, Remember that yeah, prophet in the yeah. Old Testament that lied. Holy Spirit came upon him and he prophesied accurately the word of God. But he said to the, concerning him, the Bible says, but he lied to the young prophet. Mm. So we have to be careful in life. God helped me, I learned that thing long ago. There was some a, a powerful preacher recently who, after he died, allegations came that he had some moral issues in his life. I told everybody, please forget that thing. I listened to him, very anointed. I still listen to his messages. Recently, I read up on all the allegations and the investigations done, and it appeared as if those things were correct. Did that change my mind about his messages? Not in the least bit. I still dove into the messages and began to listen because indeed he was speaking by the spirit of god not by his moral lifestyle okay on that note we'll take a quick break and we'll be back you're welcome back this has been ask pastor banky on kingdom word radio 
And if you're joining us just now, well, you have the second part of this episode. You can join the conversation on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the KW Radio. Okay, Pastor, let's quickly go to another question. Um, my wife and I got married in 2015 and we had a son in 2016. We had a serious argument in 2018 and my wife left the house and has not returned. I have gone several times with friends, family, and even our pastor to settle. But she has said that she is not interested in the marriage and that I am not her husband. Please, sir, what is the biblical way forward as I need direction for my life right now? Now, when you ask what is the biblical, biblical way forward, that question is so broad. I don't even know what I am supposed to say. That when you say way forward... Maybe we can here try and decipher what he means. <laughs> Am I supposed to go back? Of course, go back to her and go and speak. Is that the way forward? I need a more specific question that I need to, you know. I'm, I'm sure he's wondering how long can he keep going back and forth? She said, you are not my husband. I'm not interested in the marriage. Okay, so let's put it this way. So let's not dance around the pool, you know. Let's go straight to the point, which is that is he allowed to divorce the woman and remarry? Is that the mm. question it's asking? I think so. Okay, if that is a question, let's not answer. Let's answer that one. This is always a tricky question, and really, I don't think we have enough time to delve into this in details. You're in a difficult situation for sure. Being a disciple of Christ is a hard one. My general advice on this is that wait. How long will you wait? The answer is, I don't know. <laughs> is it going to be a year? I don't know. Is it going to be two? I don't know. He said, but she said she's not doing it again. She said mm. she can repent tomorrow. You keep praying for her. The job you have as a husband is to try and redeem your wife, you know. He gives himself up for her. You know, the Bible talks about that, mm. talking about Jesus Christ and the church. So you have that assignment. So I'm not saying it's an easy one. Now, what I'm saying, it's just my own personal counsel. I will ask such a person, the man, if your wife files for divorce, there are two things I'll tell you watch out for. If she files for divorce and she carries it through, that's an important point to wait for. Number two, if she goes ahead after that to either remarry or begin to plan to remarry, I will say if you have the patience, still wait until she actually does remarry. But if she doesn't, if you don't have that patience, if she files for divorce and gets it or begins to make plans, you know, you say that your wife is seeing somebody and having an engagement, then at that point you can say, all right, she has finalized that she's leaving. Now, this is where I differ from a lot of conservative preachers, even though I think I'm basically conservative in that area. I believe that if somebody left you, you are not under bondage. Okay. Yes. That's what, if you see, I was slow to get to that point. Mm. If you were left, now you cannot leave. That's what the Bible says. But if somebody leaves you, and it's all over scripture like that, especially you see something that Jesus said. He said, if, you're, if you have ought against your brother, go to him. Mm. He said, if you, I mean, if he gets you, all right, you recon, you've gained your brother. If he doesn't listen, what do you do? You take somebody with you. Mm. If that doesn't work, what do you do? You Go to the church, the elders now. Yes. Take to the whole church, which is represented by the elders. Now, if the fellow does still, still does not listen to the church, what did he say you should do? 
Treat him like an unbeliever. All right, he said, treat him like an unbeliever. And the Bible tells us clearly, if the unbeliever chooses to leave, you're not under bondage. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Do you get my point? So that's my own, but I only tell people, look, drag this. Don't say, Pastor Banky said, in six months, you've run away. <laughs> no, you have to drag it. For how long, I don't know. So I always wait for those key points. Number one, the woman decides to get involved with somebody else. That's a bad sign. Number two, she fights for divorce and gets it. Even that one, you can still wait that one out. All right? But if she decides to remarry, then she has set you free. Nobody should tell you that another first wife is the only one God recognizes it is not true. <laughs> she, like, like um, I know a couple, they had this issue, they are Catholics, they went to the Catholic church, uh, the panel. At the end of the day, the, the, the Reverend Father sitting on the panel granted the woman leave that she could go. But they told her, all the consequences will be on your head. Hmm. Yeah, because they listened to the whole point. She had nothing to say why she's leaving this man. And the man did not want her to go, but she insisted on going. So she they annulled the marriage, but told her they hereby discharge the man of all consequences, that she'll carry everything by herself. And she hmm. said she's okay with it. Wow. Oh, no, some people are like that. Wow. Okay. Our next question is, I'm a student and doing very well in my academics. Is it wrong to help my classmates to do their assignments and get paid for it? Now, very good question. Again, I'll try and tease it apart slightly. If it's, I will do the assignment, they'll hand it to them, they will put their name on it and submit and I get paid. The doer and the doee, that is the person who hired you <laughs> and the person, <laughs> you that was hired, you are both, <laughs> yes, the hire and hiree. Both of you are sinners. You are cheats. You are corrupt. Okay? Mm. So if that's what you mean, you can't do that. It's totally out of order. However, if it's like this assignment is hard, there is no, it's an assignment. That's what the lecturer expects. Go and work on it. So if I'm going to help you, guide you, step by step, and you pay me for this extra tutelage and assistance, that's what teachers do. That's what, they, that's what was expected. Of the students. So you being there to help is not a problem. Okay, do it this way. Let's do this one. Let's get this material. Okay, this was supposed to do. And you are helping the person and you are holding his hands as he's going through it. He's learning the process. That's a fair thing. That's you should do that. In fact, you should have a class where you help people with that and they pay you to come to that class. That's not wrong. But if you do an assignment, hand it to somebody who just write his name on it and submit, of course it is not right. Wow. Absolutely, it is not right. It can't be right. Also, you have made many people sad. This oh, all, all the sinners will be sad, though. They should be sad unto repentance, I hope. Okay. Because I know that there are many Christians who write projects for people. Oh, no, that is very bad. People do it all the time. I don't, I don't think they should. I've, I've had quarrel with personal people that did anything like that. I say, no, you can be guided, but you can't write a project for somebody. And nobody mm. should write a project for you and put your name on it. it is false, it's, that's what is called gift authorship. In publication that is ghost authorship these are all wrong ways you know if it's found out one of the things you know about this is that he says yeah, there's nothing wrong with it then go and tell your head of department yeah <laughs> it's always the key yeah it's okay if okay. he has to thrive in darkness it is wrong if you cannot tell your hod this is what i did then it is wrong mm. you should, that, that's why you have, you have to defend your project you come there defend that project but nobody does a project on himself by all by himself you, your supervisor supervises 
So somebody will help you. But as you go home, they do a project, they put your name on it, and you sign it, you submit it. It's totally wrong. You cannot do that. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, are there ministries that are specific, such as healing ministries? And how do I know whether I am called to such a specific ministry? It's a funny question because every ministry I know is specific. Okay, you know, maybe there are pastors who are, okay, Catherine Coleman, for instance, yes. you would know, say, oh, she was a healing minister. Yes. And so there are people like that. But there are also people who are generally, they are pastors, they do everything. No, nobody does everything. Pastoring is one thing. Okay. Do you get my point? Catherine Kumar said he was a healing minister, but she was a preacher most of the time. Mm-hmm. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. So even they say Catherine Kumar was a healing minister, but she was a preacher. She would stand and teach the word for a full hour before she starts to lay hands on the sick or pray for the sick. So in the same manner, a pastor, is the, that is a specific work. An evangelist is a specific work. An apostle, uh, apostolic minister, an apostle is a specific assignment. So to say, are there specific uh, ministries? I really don't get it per se because everything is specific. Hmm. Every single per- parenting is specific. It's an assignment. Okay? Any work you do, being a medical doctor is specific. Being a broadcaster is specific. Do you get what I'm going to say? So everybody has a specific thing. Now, let me answer it this way. That is in addition. There are stages in your life in which you will not know what your specific assignment is. That is true. In which case, you do everything your hand finds to do. For example, let's just a very mundane level. As a student, you are going to read, you are going to wash clothes, you are going to help your parents, you are going to go to church, maybe in the choir at the same time you are a technical person. One day they make you assistant pastor. It doesn't mean you are called to ministry of the word, but just an, an administrative position and they recognize your um, faithfulness and, um, you know, reliability in doing things. So they've elevated you. Alright? It happens. But then along the line, one day, as you are growing, mm. then God now narrows you to say, hey, you, you are going to be a teacher of the word. After that, you're no longer in the choir. After that, you're no longer one of those that clean the church. After that, you're going from one place, you're doing one Bible study to another. Then you have been invited from one place to another. You, are, you have a, a television program where you teach the word. You just don't have time for any other thing. But So before that time, you do everything everybody does. Then as time goes on in life, you narrow. Even business people narrow down to a particular point. That, Look, we are best in this area of business. Let's focus on it. So what I'm going to say, everybody in life has a specific assignment. But you will not start out life knowing it. You just start out life just being a responsible and faithful person who will do everything his hands finds to do and do it well. Okay. That's with the rules. So is it okay to, when you do discover as you grow, mm-hmm. is it okay to maybe like set up a ministry and then have, you know, something like so-so-so healing ministry, so-so-so prayer ministry, so-so-so evangelical And that ministry. prayer one is one I really don't understand it, all right? <laughs> Everybody's supposed to pray. I've never been able to see... You know, you can dedicate yourself to prayer more than other people like Hannah did, but that's Anna and Simeon, but we're all supposed to pray. I cannot understand why you say your own, you've signed up a prayer ministry. Or we're, all of us are supposed to pray. That's what I think. You can disagree. But the structure is not crucial. Okay. Function is what's most important. 
You get my point. But of course, structure now comes up as function increases. Mm. Let me give an example. When I started Kingdom Word, when I started ministering, I was just teaching as opportunity comes. I will write materials. But then Kingdom was started and it's written clearly in our constitution as an organization to back up this work I am doing. So if you want to send money as an example to help us, you send to Kingdom World Ministries, not to me personally. If we, are, we want to organize a program, we rent a hall. Kingdom World Ministries will rent the hall. Mm-hmm. The Kingdom World Ministries can say, okay, we have members of staff. Do you understand? Yeah. All that arrangement is what we call a ministry. If you can function without it, fine, go ahead. But as you increase, you probably will need it. For example, let's assume that, let's say this music as an example. You want, you are now, a, a, God give you that gift to lead praise and to lead worship and to you know, bless people in songs. <laughs> After a while, you need money for equipment. You mm. need to hire a venue. Now, all that arrangement is now an organization. Now, in, in the law of our nation, Paul never had a ministry like that. Paul Apostle Ministries. He never had it. <laughs> you understand my point? No, he didn't have it. He didn't have Peter Ministries or James Ministries. These men just did their work. Mm. But you hear that he had workmen. He will tell you, you know, Epaphroditus. You hear names like that. You hear that Timothy. You hear names like um, uh, Titus. You hear all of those names, you know. Paul and Apollos went somewhere. Paul, then it became Paul and Silas. Now, under the structure we have in this modern day, you have to give, let me use the word, sometimes convert that whole structure to a legal entity so that they can do, they can do interactions with banks, with um, um, owners of buildings that you want to rent and all of that, okay? So that is when you now go and register a name and now give it a name. Okay. You know, it's not really the name you call it that really matters. It's a function that you perform. So what I tell people is that, look, don't go and start with, look, people will be looking for money to register a ministry. Mm-hmm. Say, why? Obviously, you're not doing anything. If you, have, if you don't have the money to register the ministry, you're not doing anything. If you were, then you, 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 the money will have come somewhere along the line. But be doing what you are doing. Mm. Like Bishop Wedipo will say those days, God sent me, didn't send a microphone. Mm. <laughs> so he didn't need money for a mic. Mm. But he said when people couldn't hear him, they came to church, they put money together to buy the mic. What am I saying? Find the function. Do it. These other things will take care of themselves over time. Okay, find the function and do it. Thank you very much, sir. We have come to the end of our episode for today. But do remember that you can join us on social media. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the KW Radio. And remember to send your questions to ask at Pastor.ng. Until next time, my name is Hope, and the Lord be with you.
Thank you.